Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Hi there. I want to tell you about my webinars that are going to be coming up every month. I want you to check out my website and see what this month's webinar topic is and sign up. The format is going to be the same every month, even though the topics are going to change. It's going to be a huge variety of career-related topics. I'm going to give you a deep dive into content about that topic for about 30 minutes, and then you're going to have a chance for 30 minutes of Q&A in the chat box while I'm, I'm teaching you. You can ask me a question, and then if you're really brave, and I hope you will be, you can be volunteered to coach live on that month's topic so you can raise your hand and I'll coach you. I want to give you that URL so that you can go to my website, see what the next topic is and sign up. So go to http colon backslash backslash nope. So go to my website at exclusivecareercoaching.com forward slash webinar sign up see what this month's topic is, see when and, and, and what time it is, sign up and, uh, and get in there and participate with me. I look forward to having you there. Thanks. Greetings, career managers. How are you doing today? It's a pleasure to be here with you, and, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. It is my mission in life to help people with their careers, whether they are transitioning from one job to another, transitioning from one career to another, or trying to get the most benefit and provide the most value in the job that they're in. I promised you last week that I would tell you a little bit more about myself every week, and so that's exactly what I want to do so you can get to know me. And I thought I would tell you about the the alphabet soup of credentials that I have. I've been accused of having the most credentials of anybody people have ever met, and I don't think that's true, but at any rate... I want to just tell you what what I have to offer, and I want to talk a little bit also about what those credentials are, because I want you to be on the lookout if you decide to use a career coach, whether it's me or someone else, I want you to be an educated consumer. So there's lots of resume credentials out there, and I'm an Academy Certified Resume Writer, so I have the letters ACRW after my name. And what's great about that credential, unlike some of the credentials out there, it's where it's just you submit samples of your work and you pay them money and you have the credential. The ACRW was actually a course. It was actually more rigorous than my graduate degree, believe it or not. But I learned so much. And and the situation was that I had taught resume writing to college students and critiqued college student resumes for more than 20 years when I got my credentials. And I realized that I didn't have a clue what I was doing. I had been doing it in a way that didn't serve my students uh, for, for 20 years. So again, the ACRW certification is a really good one to look for if you're going to hire a resume writer. I'm also a certified job search strategist, which means that I've gone through a program to learn how to build a program for my clients around how to look for a job, how to search for a job. And um, as a result, I have created my own program called Land Your Dream Job, which is a program that takes clients through all aspects of, of the job search from determining what they're looking for in an employer, uh, what they bring to the table as an employee, how to conduct the job search, um, and everything through to the negotiation phase. 
I'm also a certified executive and leadership development coach. So that's a true coaching credential where I can focus on executives and, and folks who are in leadership roles. And I'm also a master practitioner of the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator, the MBTI. Um, probably you've heard of it. You may very well have taken the MBTI before. It's the world's most widely used personality inventory. And it is a psychological instrument, and it is something I'm extraordinarily passionate about using with teams for team building and um, uh, communication and leadership development, conflict management. It's a fantastic tool for that, uh, for those kinds of things. And then finally, I'm a certified professional speaker. So I have spoken nationally and even internationally on job search topics. So enough about me already. Let's get to the, the matter at hand. So this week, we're going to talk about five top tips for managing your career. So I just want to really give you my top suggestions. So number one, when we think about managing your career, I want you to have an end goal in mind, but at the same time, I want you to remain open to possibilities. So for example, if you know that you want to eventually become a national sales director, then what I want you to do is look at where you are now, look at what would be required of you to be a national sales director, and essentially you're doing a gap analysis. What is the skill additional skill or what are the credentials, education or or experience that you'll need to be competitive for a national sales director position. So once you've identified what those skills or education credentials, whatever, what the gap is, then I want you to create a plan for obtaining those missing elements. And then I want you to calendar them. So I don't want you to put those things on a to-do list. Um, to-do lists don't work, quite frankly. Calendaring works. So if you are going to set out a plan to, let's say, get a bachelor's degree, then you have to back up from there. And that may very well start with um, maybe you want to uh, analyze online programs and determine which one's better for you. Or maybe you need to talk to your HR department and find out which programs are affiliated with your company and are financially supported by your company. But every step along the way, you want to put that on your calendar and have a definite time set aside to do that thing. And then while you're busy being goal-focused goal on becoming this national sales director, I don't want you to pass up opportunities that might come your way, right? After all, you don't have to say yes. I just want you to have the conversation. So something may come from out of left field that you weren't anticipating at all. Why not have that conversation and just see where it might lead? So it's that balance between being goal-oriented and being flexible. You have to find what that balance is for yourself, but I encourage you to find a happy medium and not be at one end of the extreme or the other. Tip number two. <laughs> this is what I call ARFO. I want you to be always ready for opportunity. A-R-F-O, ARFO. So what do I mean by that? So I just mentioned a moment ago, you know, when opportunities come your way, I want you to at least have the conversation. And the, a piece of that ability to have the conversation is to be always ready for those opportunities. What I have seen time and time again with my clients is something comes along and they sort of put on the brakes mentally, emotionally, physically, whatever the case may be, because they know that their resume is out of date. They know their LinkedIn profile is out of date. They know that they don't have the necessary skills or education or or credential or whatever it is to really be competitive for the next position or this opportunity that comes along. 
And so they don't even have the conversation. So what I want you to do is to always be ready for opportunity. Keep your resume current. Keep your LinkedIn profile current. Keep your credentials, your education, whatever's needed in your profile or whatever's needed in your specific area current so that you are optimally marketable. And here's what I think happens. I think that when you are prepared like that, when you are ARFO, the universe conspires in your favor. I think there's something energetically that we send out. Um, uh, if this sounds a little woo-woo for you, I apologize. But I think that when you aren't ready, you are sort of energetically sending out stop signs. And so those opportunities don't even come your way. So you don't even have the opportunity to pass up the opportunity or to not listen to the opportunity because the opportunity never comes in the first place because you're not ready for it. You're not really accepting it energetically. So tip number two is to be ARFO, always ready for opportunity. Tip number three, I want you to get crystal clear about your brand and I want you to shamelessly self-promote. Now, obviously, there's an upper limit to self-promotion. You have to find a balance in there. But for most of the people that I work with, and I, I'm speaking at this point especially to you women, we tend not to market ourselves enough. We tend not to self-promote enough. So how do you do this? How do you get crystal clear on your brand? So you, you think about companies. You think about a big company like Nike or McDonald's or Starbucks. They're very clear on their brand and what they stand for and who their audience is. We need to be equally clear as individuals about our brand. So there's a couple of ways that you can do this. You can certainly self-assess, and I'm going to give you a couple of questions to ask yourself in a few minutes if you want to just do a branding exercise yourself. Secondly, you can ask others, and certainly you can do these in any combination. They're not uh, independent of one another, but you can ask the folks who know you well, who work with you. You can also do something formal like the 360 Reach branding program. That's something that I got certified in a few years ago. And it's a personal branding program. And there's actually a survey. And you identify up to something like 50 people that this can be sent out to. And, and the survey gets, you get this feedback back. And the, the system sort of um, creates a report for you about how you are perceived by people in various aspects of your life. So how do coworkers perceive you? How do customers perceive you? How do friends and family perceive you? It's very interesting. I know that when I took it for myself, I learned a lot about myself. And then you can also work with a professional like me who, who takes you through some questions and through a process so you can learn more about yourself. So here are three key questions that you can ask yourself to identify your own brand. So number one, what do I do differently and better than others in my field? So think about whatever job it is you do. So if you're marketing director, how do you approach the role of marketing director? Or even how do I approach customer acquisition? How do I approach client management? How do I approach leading my team differently and better than others. Secondly, what do I dislike about how others in my profession go about their work? And what is my solution to that? 
This is a great question that I just learned. I'm actually taking a brand. Um, it's, called, it's called Badass Your Brand. It's a fantastic program that I'm going through. And one of the questions is, is what are you against? What do you, what, not what you stand for, but what are you against? So really, I'm asking you that question as an individual. So what do you dislike about how others in your profession go about their work? And what is my solution to that? And then the final question you can ask yourself is, what feedback do I consistently receive from others about my strengths? So what I'm asking here is for some themes, right? What do you hear over and over again? And of course, the best way to find out what others think about you is always going to be to ask them. So that leads me into three key questions that you can ask others to find out what they think about you. So question number one, what do I do better than anyone else you know? Hmm, that's a good question. If you had to compare me to a type of car or an appliance or a breed of dog, so I want you to pick whatever is meaningful to you, um, which one would I be and why? So you have to be sure and ask the why question there because otherwise you'll get kind of a meaningless, they'll say you're like a truck and you will be left not understanding what that means. So you want, to, you want someone to say, well, you're like a truck because you're heavy duty, you can go in all kinds of terrain, you're rugged. You see where I'm going with this. So whether it's uh, an appliance, you know, or if you're like a refrigerator or you're like a greyhound dog, what is, what's the breed or the type of thing that I'm like and why did you answer that way? Question number three, what three adjectives best describe me? So you're really forcing them to come up with the top three. All right, so that's tip number three to get really crystal clear on your brand. And then I want you to shamelessly self-promote. And what I mean by that is how can you incorporate this new brand information that you have about yourself into the way you introduce yourself, whether it's internal within your company or whether you're out networking at, at a chamber event and you're meeting new people, uh, can you, and, and the answer is yes, you can absolutely incorporate that information in there. Certainly this brand information needs to be front and center on your resume and your LinkedIn profile. And think about other ways, depending on your company and your specific job, that you can incorporate that um, into, into the messaging that you put across. Tip number four, I want you to step outside your comfort zone on a regular basis. So do you have the opportunity to be a team member or even take a lead on a project that's outside your area of expertise? You're going to have the opportunity to build new skills, and you're also going to meet with and work with people that you don't normally work with. Great stretch opportunity. Do you have the opportunity to cross-train? Is there someone else in your department that you could learn their job or learn a piece of their job or learn their new territory or learn a new skill set that they work with on a regular basis? Ask your boss what he or she does that you can take over. What is their 
that is is not enjoyable to them, that is troublesome and time-consuming to them, that perhaps would be a really great fit for you. And then finally, do you have the opportunity to take on a leadership role within your area expertise, like training people on a particular system or a particular process? So the idea here is by stepping outside of your comfort zone on a regular basis, you're going to show your boss that you're someone who is willing to take on new responsibilities. And you're also going to be really building your resume with a great breadth of skills. You're going to meet more people. You're going to be more well-connected within your company. And depending on the assignment, it could be that you're meeting people outside of the company as well. So that's tip number four. I want you to step outside your comfort zone often. And then tip number five, know when to hold them and know when to fold them. So if you're thinking about whether or not you should leave your current employer, I want you to do it from a fact standpoint. So save the drama for your mama. I want you to really look at this on a, um, a facts basis. So first of all, take stock of the facts of your current situation. Without the drama, think about things like, how much money am I making? How many hours a week does that require? How much travel does it require? What else is it requiring of me? Good and bad. I want you to do this from a very analytical and as, as much as possible, a very unbiased standpoint. I also want you to take stock of what you think, based on your best estimate, what's going to happen in the near future with the company. So what do you know about changes in leadership? What do you know about an, a pending merger or an acquisition? What do you know about any kind of shifts in the landscape of your, of your field that you're in that might impact your decision? Next, I want you to think about um, the realities of your personal situation. So I want you to think of your finances, um, your, the logistics that you have right now, um, Think about things like, um, you, you know, if you own a home and you'd have to sell that home or, um, you know, my, my ailing parents are close by or conversely, I want to move and be closer to my ailing parents. But think about all of the, the things in your personal life that will impact this situation. Uh, I have a, a, a friend right now who would love to leave her current position. She's about seven years away from retirement. But her pension is a really good one. And so she's she actually has her own business and she's continuing to run that business parallel to the full-time job that she has. But as much as she'd love to do her 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 side job, her side hustle full-time, that pension is looming large for her. And I also want you to think in terms of your pay versus market rates. Are you paid better than you might expect to get paid somewhere else? Are you paid far under? The market rate. So where does your pay scale fit in? I also want you to think about what the possibilities would be if you decided to move on in, in terms of what kind of position would you go for? How prevalent are those jobs? Where are those jobs? How hard are those jobs to get? Who do you know that, that could help you network to get those jobs? The next thing I want you to think about is the amount of time and energy that you have to devote to a job search. So do you have enough time to do an active job search, which is where you're in the driver's seat, you're primarily engaging in networking activities to make this thing happen? 
or does it need to be more of a passive search? So I'm not gonna really put myself out there much. I'm going to update my, my documents. I'm gonna update my LinkedIn profile. I'm gonna listen to recruiters and have conversations with them when they talk. And I might look at a few job boards, but that's about all I have time for. And then if you decide to leave, you do this ROI, you think about, based on my analysis, it's time for me to go, what's your timeline? Now the rule of thumb, which varies widely, is about a month of search for every $10,000 of, of income that you hope to earn. So you can imagine that if you are in uh, you know, the, the quarter of a million dollar a year income, that's a two year job search. Now again, lots of variances to this. And, and a big piece of that is what do you do to look for a job? What are your job search activities and how much time can you devote to this? So I want you to be realistic. That's the point. It, I hope it doesn't take you two years and there's much that you can do to shorten that job search, but I also want you to be realistic. Um, as I record this, it's November 14th today, I think, or the 15th. And I have clients who really hope to be landed in a job to start right after the new year. Um, and it's just, I hope that it works out for them and we're doing everything that we can but it's not very realistic at this point unless they have something that they have, um, you know, had a couple of interviews with already and things are already in the works. And finally, what I want to say about knowing when to hold them and when to fold them is I don't want you to leave mad. I don't want you to leave angry at the company or angry at your boss or, you know, in a, in a bad situation like that because you take that energy with you. And I work with a lot of clients that I have to coach through their emotions about what happened with their previous employer. Any recruiter or hiring manager who is worth his or her salt is going to smell that much like blood in the water. And so if you have anger, residual um, anger or fear or disappointment or any of those emotions, they will carry over into your interview. And I will argue that they will carry over in a way that may prevent you from even getting interviews because it will affect your whole job search process. So my recommendation to you, and we're going to do some talking about your um, your thoughts. Again, I did a podcast recently on um, thinking. We're going to do some more on that next week. And so what I want you to do is get to a place of appreciating the job, appreciating the opportunity, and being in a good situation with your boss, with the company as a whole, before you leave so that you can make that decision to leave, not because you're miserable and hate it and can't wait to get out, but because you are ready for the next opportunity in your life and you're ready for the next new challenge. So in summary, my top five tips. Tip number one, have an end goal in mind with your career, but at the same time, I want you to remain open to possibilities, to opportunities, have conversations and see where they lead. And along those lines, tip number two, I want you to be ARFO, always ready for opportunity. Have those documents updated, have your skills, credentials, education, uh, technical skills, everything that you need to be maximally um, marketable for the next step in your career. Tip number three, get crystal clear on your brand, know who you are and what differentiates you from your competition on a very granular level, and then I want you to shamelessly self-promote. Tip number four, 
step outside your comfort zone early and often, look for opportunities to stretch, to grow, and also to be known as someone who is fearless in taking on new assignments, who's willing and eager to try new things. And then tip number five, know when to hold them and know when to fold them and do this from more of an analytical or a left-brained perspective. Yes, does your emotions come into play? Absolutely, there are, there are times when it's important to consider your emotions. But first and foremost, I want you to make this decision based on sound reasoning, looking at the facts and the figures to know whether you should be leaving your current employer or staying for a bit longer. So that's the podcast for today. I hope this has been helpful for you. I, as I've said before, I want to be your career management coach. So please take the opportunity to ask questions. Uh, Please rate and review this podcast. And also, as always, you have the opportunity for a 15-minute quick call with me. Uh, Usually those calls last more like 30 minutes, but they are technically 15-minute calls. And if you don't think that a lot can happen in 15 or 30 minutes, you're absolutely wrong. But that's your opportunity to tell me your situation, what's going on with you, and let me give you at least one strategy, tool, or resource that is going to make all the difference. I've seen it happen over and over again. People are astounded by how much benefit they get from that one short little phone call. So if you're interested in doing that, please um, reach out to me and on the on the podcast site and uh, let's set up a time to talk. A happy um, week. I hope you have a great week. Next week is Thanksgiving for for us. And so I hope you're making some wonderful family plans and uh, getting some time off. So take care. Bye. You've been listening to the Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, I want to be your career coach, so be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.